City of Heroes podcast, episode 38. Welcome to the City of Heroes podcast, a resource for the casual heroes gamer. Your hosts, Chooch and Viv, are here to explain basic and advanced features of COH, as well as give tips and answer your questions about this great MMO. Welcome to the City of Heroes podcast, episode 38, which was going to be all about the feedback, but you know what? Stuff happened. There's news. <laughs> There's big news. Big, crazy, wild news. Yeah. First, a little bit of business, though. Yes, we have winners of our PPD hard suit contest. Yes, we do. As mentioned when we started the contest, we had a number of PPD hardsuit tokens to give away. I think we can now divulge that number was five. Five. <laughs> five we, tokens. We finally added them up. Yeah. It's a very complex <laughs> um, calculation. <laughs> and since it, the contest got linked on the official forums, mm-hmm. there were a lot of entries. Yeah. And... So we ended up using an online random number generator mm-hmm. to, to pluck out five lucky numbers out of the range. Mm-hmm. And it came up with number one. Oh, man, I got to pronounce names. That's why I handed you the paper. Thanks, Viv. <laughs> <laughs> Apologies ahead of time as I murder your name. Better than me murdering it. Number one. <laughs> Bob Kalsevic. Congratulations, Bob. Number two, CJCV. I can say that. You can say letters. Congratulations. (laughs) Number three, Fred La. Congratulations, Fred. Number four, John Anderson. Congratulations, Mr. Anderson. (laughs) (laughs) But he never gets that. I know. (laughs) Right. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Sorry, dude. I don't know how often he gets from a chick, though. (laughs) Did I just get geek points? Yes. And that's a good thing, right? For me. You keep telling me that That that's a good thing. (laughs) (laughs) And number five is Bobby Rains. Congratulations, Bobby. Yeah. We'd like to thank... Ex Libris. Yes. And our unnamed listener. Yes. Secret Ninja. We heart you. And congratulations, everybody. Yay. Good job. Good Thanks job. to everybody who entered and made it such a wow. Yeah. That was <laughs> like, overwhelming response. It was great. It was like, how many entries? Right. Holy cow. I did want to read some of the things that people typed in their interviews. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to read all of them, of course, because well, it's a huge amount. The majority were simply the subject line and, you know, mm-hmm. maybe their age, maybe yeah. other information about them. Some of them had some pretty funny stuff yeah. in there. And you could tell our listeners in that pack because <laughs> the ones that were just coming from the boards, it was like, 
you know, here. But you could One tell. Suit. Yeah. <laughs> but a lot of other people like personalized them and said really sweet, complimentary things and funny, crazy things and hilarious things. And I wanted to read a couple of them, but I did go through each and every email as I was checking for duplicates because we said mm-hmm. no duplicates. I would like to say happy birthday to Jeff. His birthday was Sunday. We were hoping to be able to record yesterday. I'm not going to say your last name because I don't know if you want me to, but (laughs) you know who you are. (laughs) And also congratulations to Psycho Kitty. And I'm not going to say what for because (laughs) I don't know if you want that out there, but congratulations. (laughs) Now, some of the funny comments were one of them was, show me the PPD hard suit, (laughs) a la Jerry Maguire. Another one (laughs) Another one that made me think of someone that we know, mm-hmm. but it wasn't that someone we know was pick me. It will make my friend angry. <laughs> <laughs> Jealousy. Another one was woot for random drawings. No creative talent on my part required. <laughs> <laughs> and on another one, because we had said over 18, mm-hmm. Stormax said, for age, depends. My kids think I hung around with Moses. My wife thinks I never made it out of my teens, and my twin will tell you we're not related. <laughs> <laughs> and then he gave his age. It was so cute. And then another person, actually something to think of for a future contest, said, mm-hmm. odd that nothing else is requested other than a blank email, which could allow people to mass email and have a higher unfair chance of winning. Maybe asking for at least the global name would give it some justice. In any case, mine is. And then he gave it. Mm, That's mm-hmm. it. And good luck to me. There were a lot of good luck to me yeah. <laughs> <laughs> messages, which I thought was really interesting. And we already had some people comment that, you know, well, what are you going to do with the email address? Right. That sort of thing. And it, I just automatically assumed if we had asked for global names to verify that either people they would make really up really suspicious, they get really <laughs> suspicious. Like we would spam because yeah. you know, you don't get spam unless somebody right. knows you're, <laughs> I don't have 10 spam emails yeah. every time I log into COH. But we're going to have their email address and their global. And we're going to hack right. their account. And the other thing is you could make up global. Mm-hmm. it's not unless we are going to go and make them meet us in game right. and say hi handshake you know yeah. and we're no, not going to do not that gonna happen. so again congratulations to all the winners and to all the people that didn't win I'm sorry Yeah, it was really disheartening I was really happy when we did the random numbers and put the list of winners together and then I went, but look how many people didn't win. I want one for everybody that entered. <laughs> yeah. That was like the hard part. It was like looking at the other kids at the party with holding up their little hands for candy and we're right. out. <laughs> and you have to look them in the eye and say, I'm sorry, there's no more. I'm sorry, everybody. Yeah. Hmm. It's one of those if you don't have enough for the whole class. <laughs> right. <laughs> and another piece of business. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing at least... Partial thanks to all of you wonderful people. Yes, all of our wonderful listeners. There has been results posted in the Top Cow pilot season. And we are happy to announce the Twilight Guardian came in number one. Number one, people. Congratulations, Troy. Congratulations. (laughs) We're so happy for you. awesome. We're very proud of you and... Hopefully you have pants on as you listen to this. (laughs) 
because apparently on the City of Heroes forums, he gets teased for not wearing pants. Mm. Of course, on our forums, he gets teased for being two second Troy. <laughs> so my heart goes out to him for both forums yeah. treatment. Well, clearly the two seconds worked. <laughs> yeah. And, and apparently uh, the no pants helped too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm guessing. <laughs> so congratulations, Troy. We are just so proud of you and we're so happy for you and cannot wait to see what you do with this intriguing and mysterious mm-hmm. character in future. What is it? An episode? No. Issues. issues. <laughs> <laughs> I spend too much time thinking about podcasts. <laughs> issues. And we're going to go right into news. And this is news that actually dates back to the 17th. And of course, everybody knows the new boosters that are available, the Jetpack and the Cyborg. Mm -hmm. You can just purchase those at the Play NC store. Super Booster 1 is the Cyborg, including an extensive costume set, three character emotes, four selectable auras that activate while in combat mode only, and a special Cyborg self-destruct power (laughs) that looks pretty cool. Yeah. (laughs) It enables these features for all characters on your game account. Then there's also the mini booster, the temporary 30-day jetpack. Sometimes even superhero heroes and villains can use a lift. City of Heroes mini booster, temporary 30-day jetpack, includes a jetpack travel power for all characters on the game account for 30 days, beginning at the time of purchase. After 30 days, the jetpack will no longer be included within the character's selectable powers. There was a lot of speculation on the cyborg pack. You know, we were kind of thinking, okay, so when you self-destruct, maybe it could be used for this and maybe it could be used for that. Because we were thinking, well, we know there's no debt when you self-destruct. So, hey, it's like free vengeance whenever you want it. Because, you know, like you die, but you don't really get debt. Or, hey, it's a maybe it'll take you to the hospital. And that's like, you know, a free express train, super fast travel power. And, you know, none of that happens. Well, and actually, that's covered in a news item in a little bit, so we'll get more details on that soon. And then on September 19th, IGN.com talked with Matt Positron Miller, who is City of Heroes development team lead designer. Mm -hmm. And they basically just talked about the merging of the two titles and the current status of the game. And I'll give this little background thing, and then I'm going to skim a bit. Okay. From its humble beginnings in colonial times, Paragon City grew into a busy port and then a prosperous center of industry. However, it wasn't spared in the economic collapse of 1929, experienced both social and political chaos. Criminal factions and other unsavory groups were quick to take advantage, using corruption, bribery, intimidation, and violence to seize control. Then in 1931, just when the situation seemed hopeless, Marcus Cole returned. The former soldier had somehow acquired extraordinary abilities. Donning a costume to conceal his identity, he dubbed himself the Statesman to represent the ideals he sought to restore and employed his powers to fight for justice. His crusade inspired other gifted individuals like Dark Watcher, the Dream Doctor, and Maiden Justice, who became the defining symbols of hope that righteousness and good would prevail. The age of the superhero was at hand. In 2002, a new peril arose. The alien Richti attacked the planet, devastating every major metropolis. None suffered more than Paragon City, which became the battlefield where heroes and civilians fought together in a desperate final stand that lasted for months. Ultimately, the invaders were stopped, although not driven out. 
since all but a few of the champions had met their demise what remained was a vacuum that the criminal elements some of which had festered unseen for decades were quick to fill city of heroes launched in 2004 calling new defenders to enter the fray developed by cryptic studios it was followed the next year by city of villains which let players join the conflict on the other side we recently had the chance to quiz lead designer matt miller now of nc soft which acquired the dual property late last year i just thought the history part was interesting everybody's always asking for more origin stuff mm -hmm. matt discusses the ownership change and how that benefited the players talking about the ability to hire on more people to work at that point they were down to the 15 of us doing development on the property now nearing 40 and have a lot more job openings to fill as well having more people enables us to create cooler content such as the simmer zone in the past update we'd never have been able to create that area or those maps with the smaller size team then he goes on to discuss some little things that have already been discussed for i13 but that's pretty much all the new kind of little bit that I took out of there that I thought was of interest. We actually do have a comment regarding this, the shields, the new power set that's going to be coming out in I-13 mm -hmm. still. And the thread is called Stone Shields in Colors. Someone asked, will there be stone shields for stone tunes? And the response was, hadn't actually thought about this, but it's an excellent suggestion. We should have a shield that can correspond to the various elemental secondaries. Someone replied to that. Now, that was a dev. I think it was Back mm -hmm. Alley Brawler that made that statement. Okay. A player then responded, very cool. Can we also have some energy holographic looking shields, kind of like the HUD in the cyborg pack? And Back Alley Brawler says, you want a holographic shield? Why? <laughs> <laughs> Energy shield, energy. not hologram. Well, he said energy slash holographic looking. Oh, yeah, that's true. So he's being a little selective and literal. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have another thread called Super Booster 1, Cyborg and You. I mean costume. Where someone says, no, where Castle is replying to something by saying, the dead slash not dead bug appears to be latency related and intermittent. I've checked in some brute force changes that should make that problem go away with the next build we do. The getting debt problem only happens if you have another debt protection source, so far as I have seen. We're working on figuring out what causes that to happen. Lastly, if you should be killed while executing the self-destruction power, do not use a self-res inspiration or power. You won't be killed by the self-destruct, but your body will disappear. I'll be working with Back Alley Brawler to get this fixed. And I think I read something later on. I think I found something more recent that kind of discusses that too. Mm. And that was from Castle. And then there was another thread, taunt and minus range, stolen. And this, I believe, was something that was picked up and run with by one of the devs. So after doing some initial testing on this, this is most likely implementation. This is testing only. No decision has been made whether or not this will actually be implemented. Taunt would be given a minus range effect, probably minus 50 or minus 75%. All ATs, player and critter range minimum values, would be increased. AOE and arc AOE and arc modifiers end up not working very well, and I'd rather have one large minus range debuff than a whole lot of small stackable debuffs spread out over every attack powers that tankers get. And then this is carried on later on a little bit later. 
someone quoted the statement, taunt would be given a minus range effect, probably 50 to 75%, and then asks the question, I assume this is for taunt challenge in the power sets only, as in the pool power won't get this treatment. And the response from the dev is correct. Tanker, brute, and scrapper, taunt slash confront, and equivalence. Mm. The self-destruct bug. We've got a handful of fixes related to the new self-destruct power that are fast-tracking their way to the live servers as soon as possible. And this was posted on September 17th, so it's possible they're already mm. there. Apologies for all the little minor issues which have turned into big inconveniences. It was difficult to test every combination of events, and this was unfortunately one of those things that bypassed public testing on the training room. It's a high-priority thing to fix right now, and we're working as fast as we can to take care of it. For now, most of the issues can be resolved by logging out and back in. And that's from Back Alley Brawler. Mm -hmm. Continuing the taunt and minus range discussion, since you were so fascinated by it. <laughs> Stalkers would not get this benefit. Basically, it's the only way to prevent two plus tankers from eliminating the AI's ability to use any powers at all. Since we cannot prevent stacking from multiple sources effectively, we had to take other steps to ensure that things work out properly. And that was in response to someone else's question. Those are two separate responses. Hey, a little confusing, huh? Mm-hmm. And then a thread titled, I bought the cyborg park and am happy thread. Gather round while I spin a yarn on those robot-looking thingers. <laughs> Way back, oh, this is from J-Love. Way back in the sweaty days of old July, whilst sipping on some limeade and taking a gander over at my request thread, I had laid my peepers on another request for some metal arms. So I says to myself, crap shoot, I reckon I can make some tin paws. <laughs> <laughs> well, after I got done pounding out those arms, the big boss strolled by and says, why don't you just go ahead and make a whole costume to go with those iron clinkers? So I says, no flipping way, I don't want to. Then he blows his top and cracks the whip a few times to get me, quote, motivated. <laughs> so, truth be told, the cyborg stuff was only supposed to be a pair of arms. Then, of course, Babs got his hooks into the whole mess and turned it into a dilly of a pickle. <laughs> <laughs> now, after everything was said and done, someone moseyed on by and said, why don't you call it the Android set? I mean, technically, for all you internetters keeping tabs, that would have been a better idea. But tough titties, there was moonshining that had to be done up. I'll save androids for another time. <laughs> Here's a little something for the few that will like to be on the inside scoop. For those of you belly aching, that there's too much techno junk suits, well, quit asking for it, then liking it, and then asking for more. Mm. It's got my brain all bugaboo. Ah, who am I kidding? You're right. I can't stay hot-headed at you. I'll start working on some non-robotic stuff right away. Maybe something that will turn you into madmen. And it's in lowercase, but there is a show called Mad Men. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that kind of Mad Men or like crazy Mad Men. Well, I'm thinking like mad scientist gear. That's what I first thought. Mm -hmm. But then I went, hmm, there is a show that's quite the. Yeah, I've got some friends who really seem to dig it. But from and it won some Emmys too, or at least one Emmy. Yeah. A well, big one. I haven't seen it or don't mm -mm. really know anything about it other than I, from what I understand, it's not genre. It's just mm -mm. a regular drama show. Yeah, so, from like the 50s or something. Yeah, why it would have anything to do with City Heroes. No, but I do think that there, and this is a totally tangent, but <laughs> you know that's what we do. I saw a picture of one of the actresses at the Emmy Awards, and it looked like Saffron from Firefly. Oh. Remember Mal's momentary uh -huh. wife? 
I do. It looks like her, and I haven't seen her anything else, so I'm curious to know if that's her. That would explain why so many of our friends are into it. <laughs> and then on September 18th, an issue 13 update. Calm yourselves, this isn't the big one. <laughs> this is the one I was excited about before the new one came out. <laughs> Pazzi says, okay, we know. We should have said something more by now about issue 13, but like all great architectural endeavors issue 13 is taking on a life of its own and we're not quite ready to spill forth all the information mm -hmm. so just a quick note to say thanks for your patience even though we know you may not really be patient trust us <laughs> it's coming we're working on it and there's more great stuff coming like you haven't heard that before but really we mean it thanks positron and then peregrine falcon says dear positron good afternoon thank you for responding to our questions for more information about issue 13 and on a side note, please fix the store so I can purchase booster packs for other players as gifts. I'd like to purchase 10 or so of these for my friends that also play. Plus, I'd like to give you my money to help with the development of my favorite game. However, since I only have one account and I can't very well purchase 10 cyborg packs for one account, then I guess I'll have to keep my money and that I would have liked to have given to your company. P.S. Rocket Pack costume items, please. Thank you, Peregrine Falcon. Mm -hmm. Posse replies, Dear Peregrine Falcon, thank you for your feedback. We would love to come up with a way for players to gift our super boosters to other players. The real problem with this lies in credit card fraud. It may seem like a simple problem, but it's really very complex. Once we have a workable solution that billing and customer service can sign off on, we will allow players to gift microtransactions post-haste. Yes, yes, Rocket Packs are on Sexy J's to-do list. I just am not exactly clear on when they will be done. Hope this clears things up for you a bit. Pausey. More on taunt and minus range. What effects would minus range have on non-offensive powers? Will Richty's Sky Raiders PvP teleporters be shorter if taunted? Will Surgeon's COT PvP buff slash healers be forced into melee range to buff and heal? Yar, these be true. Guess what day that was. <laughs> Talk like um, a pirate day. The 19th, yes. <laughs> this is from Castle, by the way. Castle's responding to these questions. The next quote is, if there is a minimum range, what will be the point of minus range in Hurricane then? I would assume that the minimum range would be greater than the Hurricane radius. This power now seems to be one of the most nerfed powers in the game and is now only useful for clumsily positioning NPCs. I'd suggest changing Hurricane to a straight two-hit debuff, but then, like, six people will cry. Mm. We can't have that. One of those six people might take out their frustrations on a small kitten or woodland critter, and their torment would be on your hands. <laughs> Castle replies, Hurricanes be a fearsome force on seer land, matey. Thar be nothing in this parlay that'd be changing that, except in the case where two of them overlapped. In that case, they'd reach the floor a bit sooner than now castle hmm. now testing in the training room september 19 2008 why is granite armor being penalized other defenses don't drop can granite not be excluded back alley brawler says once you click on the self-destruct button you're dead you get a 10 second grace period for some nifty effects and animation but you're dead no matter what you do other things can't kill you during the countdown because you're already dead doesn't matter how many times they hit you or how hard they hit you, you're going to stand there sparking and shuddering until you go boom. So why exactly does it matter? <laughs> hmm. And this was what Back Alley, the, the thread was posted on September 19th. His response was September 22nd. So this is, you know, more information like mm -hmm. I mentioned earlier. 
Castle also replied to that same why is granite armor being penalized post saying, it's a costume change. Costume changes are the problem. It has absolutely nothing whatsoever to do with the powers being a defense. As others have noted, Keldians cannot even activate the self-destruct power while shapeshifted. Mm. And then Back Alley Brawler says later, animation bug should be fixed on the training room or an impending patch. Let me further explain what should be happening so you guys can report any instances where it's not. You click on the self-destruct button. The power immediately fires off, checks for two hit against everything around you. Standard target limit rant applies. <laughs> and then holds the actual damage for 10 seconds. You're already dead at this point and everything around you has already been hit. They just don't know it. Animation and effects start playing, etc. Countdown numbers start showing up, 9, 8, 7, 6. At this point, the animation and effects are not interruptible by any other animations in-game. You can technically be attacked, take damage, be held, knocked down, even have your hit point bar depleted, i.e. killed, but you won't play a death-slash-hold-slash-knockdown-etc. animation, and the self-damage to yourself, as well as the damage to everything around you, already been calculated when you push the big red button. It's just waiting for the timer to elapse before applying. Power finishes counting down and the damage happens. You're now officially dead. The animation continues to play through and now goes into a special post-death cycle where your body is invisible, can't be targeted, etc. This animation will continue to play until you are no longer dead, which generally means it'll be interrupted by any of the, quote, raised dead type animations. There are currently known issues with the animation not playing while flying that will be fixed soon. Otherwise, that's how the power should function, and it's how it functions in every test we've tried with it internally. If you know of a specific way to make it not work, let us know, and we'll look into fixing it. Someone later asks, Also, has anyone verified yet whether Howling Twilight will res someone post-self-destruction? Another question, just as importantly, if things work as Bab says, is it possible to res someone who's in the self-destruct animation and thus is already dead before they actually visibly die? The response is, in theory, yes. But since the damage is done to you at the end of the animation, you'd be killed, but not really affected, resurrected, but also not really affected, and then self-destruct, killing yourself again. After you've self-destructed, you should be unselectable and untargetable, which would prevent powers like Howling Night from working. Frankly, self-res and inspirations shouldn't work either, and I'm not entirely sure why they do. I don't think this is something we are really concerned about. It's just not working quite the way we intended it to work. Hmm. So that's all. I think that's all the information that I found on the self-destruct. We haven't bought it yet. We have been so busy <laughs> that obviously it's affected our ability to podcast and we podcast before we play. So we haven't been able to buy it or play <laughs> yeah. in a while now. So every we've seen a couple people blast it off and it looks right. pretty cool. And something I hadn't seen is when they come back. So they're invisible and then they just magically reappear. I was teamed with someone very briefly one day who had gotten it and said log in and let me show it to you mm -hmm. i believe he used his res ah. I, i'm not sure what he used but he did resurrect in the mission right there i don't know we'll find out hopefully this weekend we'll have time to buy it and play with it so maybe it can be used for vengeance 
It sounded like, based on what this says, you're untargetable, though. Oh, you stay invisible until you res or whatever. It says, after you've self-destructed, you should be unselectable and untargetable, which would prevent powers like Howling Twilight from working. I'm assuming that also means vengeance and res. Hmm. Frankly, self-res and inspirations shouldn't work either, and I'm not entirely sure why they do. Well, we'll wait and talk about it after we play this I was going to say, then, you know, if self-res doesn't work and nobody can res you, well, you can't be gone forever, so... He said it shouldn't be working, but it clearly does. He doesn't understand why it's working. Right. My question is, how do they intend for you to come back if you can't self-res and nobody can res you because you're unselectable? I don't know. Maybe hospital, maybe base. I don't know. I don't... Well, you have to get it for me before I can... <laughs> hint, hint. Moving on. And I hadn't realized that it does damage to... Stuff yeah, it's like you. the embalmed cadavers. Blam! Yeah, didn't realize that part. Mm-hmm. Which is cool because, you know, being a squishy defender, every once in a while I would get knocked on my butt. It'd be <laughs> cool if I'm getting knocked on my butt to fire that off and at least do some damage on the stuff around <laughs> me. And then the big bad post. Today's Thursday, September 25th post. So big it can't be contained in a single update (laughs) for issue 13. And this was posted on the forums. Below is a letter from City of Heroes lead designer Matt Positron Miller to the games player community. And Posy says, Good morning. When we announced issue 13 Architect a couple weeks back, we were overwhelmed by the positive response. Much of the feedback was centered around the mission architect system, which allows players to create their own missions and story arcs. We've been actively following forum threads and private messages about the feature and have even discussed it with players in person at the Penny Arcade Expo in Seattle. It became apparent that you guys really want this feature, but in order to fully realize your dreams of writing your own missions, you need creative control in one more key area. The ability to create customized characters to fight with or against in your missions. Adding custom characters has always been in our mission architect feature list, but we had considered it a, quote, stretch goal. Mm. That is, we could launch the system without this feature because our confidence was high that the rest of the system was incredibly robust. But after listening to you guys, we realized that this feature simply must be in at launch. You have convinced us that it is an integral part of the mission architect, and we have reworked schedules and timelines to accomplish this. Rather than push the launch of issue 13 out completely for one, albeit really cool and very complex feature, the mission architect is going to see a slight delay. What is not going to be delayed is the rest of issue 13. To that end, the previously announced feature set for issue 13, together with new features that we are announcing today, will become issue 13 and issue 14. Issue 14 will take on the name Architect and contain the Mission Architect feature, along with other features we'll announce at a later date. We are planning Issue 14 Architect to be released in the first quarter of 2009. Issue 13 is now called Issue 13 Power and Responsibility and will be launched in the fall of 2008. Now, Lighthouse later expanded first quarter of 2009 to mean... January through March, mm-hmm. which is standard kind of quarter year yeah. kind of calendar. But people were asking, so when would that be? Because <laughs> first quarter, 
I guess wasn't clear enough. <laughs> so January to March, you know, the last day in March yeah. would be still considered to be in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. So issue 13, Power and Responsibility, will contain the bulk of features they've announced previously, including shield and pain domination power sets, the merit reward system, day jobs that include a suite of new costume pieces, mm-hmm. which I don't remember seeing anywhere before, but makes sense. Mm-hmm. Additional Cimarora and Midnight Squad mission arcs. Yay, mm-hmm. more fun. In addition, we have some other new exciting features to reveal that will be included in issue 13, Power and Responsibility. These include a leveling pact, mm-hmm. multi-builds, PvE and PvP powers rebalancing, a villain patron power respec, and supergroup base repricing. Mm. Which kind of actually disappointed me because they were talking about base stuff and it's not what I was hoping for. Yeah. But I'll explain more of those details in a moment. Posse continues, over the coming weeks we'll be providing more details about the above points, but let me give you an overview of some of them now. The Leveling Pact, a new innovation to MMOs. This groundbreaking system allows you and a buddy to, and I'm going to read this very slowly, (laughs) create new characters and have your XP be permanently in sync, whether both characters are online or not. You will always be the same level, even if your buddy plays 10 times more often than you do. It's sort of like extreme sidekicking. Wow. Multi-builds. Another innovation to City of Heroes. We are delivering the ability to have two different build-outs of each character. Including which powers are selected and which enhancements are slotted. This will now be possible for characters who want to take advantage of it. And I can stress that for characters that want to take advantage of it. You don't Mm -hmm. have to if you don't want to. Sure. It's not game-breaking if you don't. By visiting any trainer, you can switch the entire build of your character to an alternate one. You can use this separate build for whatever you like. If you wish to make different power selections for soloing and groups, you can do that. This even makes it possible to have different I.O. sets slotted for PvP and PvE. It's up to you. PvP and PvE powers rebalancing, Floyd Castlegrub and the powers designers have been hard at work in finding ways to strike a better balance between the many powers in the game. The scope of what they're doing is too broad to go into detail here, but we're very excited and we'll share more information soon. Suffice it to say that we know that you don't want your PvE powers adjusted because of how they play in PvP, so we're taking a new tact in power balancing with issue 13. Mm-hmm. In summary, issue 13 was so big, we had to turn it into two releases. Issue 13, Power and Responsibility, and Issue 14, Architect. I-13 will be going into beta soon and launching this fall. It will include most of the previously announced features of I-13. I-14 will include Mission Architect, scheduled to launch in Q1. Sorry, first quarter. I'm really looking forward to getting issue 13 into your hands as soon as possible and starting off a kick-ass 2009 with the release of Mission Architect. Matt Positron Miller. Big news. Yeah, lots of really interesting stuff in there. And I, when I called you, you were on your way home and we were talking about, mm-hmm. you know, recording tonight. <laughs> and I told you that two of the things to me seemed almost like our... <laughs> 
our April Fool's prank where it's oh, like, right. what? <laughs> you know, the You're whole doing what? the multi builds and mm-hmm. the leveling pact. Yeah. It's almost like, what? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's not. Those are major. Yeah. They're really pretty darn big. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see how they implement them. Mm-hmm. But he also, we also have some interviews with Brian Clayton and Matt Miller regarding these announcements today. Mm-hmm. One of them is with Massively. Is it Massively.com? Yeah. With Adrian Bott and was posted earlier today. Matt says, so the title for issue 13, Power and Responsibility, that has a lot of meanings. We picked it very specifically to make sure that not only were we conveying the fact that we're adding more power sets, and giving players more power in what they're able to choose for rewards and things like that. But then the responsibility nature takes on the day jobs. That offline character advancement system, the responsibilities your character has when you're not playing. Then beyond that, we've got the responsibility as a studio to get our players the quality stuff that we've been working so hard on as quickly as possible. And by having two updates now, we're able to do that. We're able to get issue 13 with all the cool stuff we've been working on sooner to the players. So I like that definition as well. And of course, there's Stan Lee's great quote of, with great power comes great responsibility, which was just a classic superhero line that I really like. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Brian Clayton says, the decision was really driven by the feedback we received from the community. We've also done some extensive research around that particular feature, talking about Mission Architect. The Mission Architect feature was really a system that I think pushes the MMO genre forward. We certainly want to release that in the most robust manner possible, and the feedback has been overwhelmingly possible on the feature as a whole. But one thing that became clear was that users wanted to be able to leverage the character creation system with the new Mission Architect system. And so we've put some renewed emphasis on accelerating the plan to implement that portion of Mission Architect, which is now all being released in issue 14. Then they discussed the merit system. We wanted to ask, um, massively asks about the Hamadon and whether that's been given a large merit reward. Also, whether players will be getting merits for doing Ouroboros flashback arc missions. Matt says, or Pazzi says, players will be getting merits for doing Ouroboros flashback stuff as well as for story arcs. Any story arc in the game that they complete. As for the Hamadon, yes, they have a choice between getting an HO or getting the merit reward. I don't know how many merits that is, but I will say, I don't know how many merits that is, but I will say that all the merit reward values are based on the data mines we did on basically how quickly players typically did these things. So it really became a time versus reward mechanism. So the really fast stuff gets a small amount of rewards, whereas the really long stuff gets a larger amount of rewards. Massively asks what kind of things are players going to be able to spend their merits on. Posse says basically the cool stuff that they've been striving to attain by repeating these missions over and over again, like invention recipes, the harder to get enhancements, things like that. Mm-hmm. For day jobs and costumes, Massively asks what kind of costumes are we going to be seeing? Pazzi says, Jay's been working on a lot of civilian clothing for this feature. He's done a myriad of different suits from single-breasted, double-breasted, two, three, and four-button, bolo ties, normal ties, bow ties, pinstripes, you know, striped suits, like many different varieties of that, sweaters, sweater vests, and then the police uniforms. 
We've got a ton of different police uniforms, even including a really cool police belt with all the accoutrements on that. I can see a lot of players just grabbing that and putting it on their tech characters and gadget characters just because it looks so cool. <laughs> For the leveling pact, Massively asks Brian about it. You talked about how day jobs are part of NC NorCal's idea of involving players in the game, even when they're not necessarily playing. And it seems like the leveling pact is obviously a tie-in to that. There's your offline rewards, huh, Chooch? Uh -huh. Can you talk a little bit about that from a philosophical perspective? Brian says, I'll talk about it from a philosophical perspective and then let Matt follow up with the nuts and bolts of it. The one thing that we continue to strive for with City of Heroes is to pick areas where the MMO genre could use some innovation. We certainly have the best character creation system, and I would argue that sidekicking was very innovative at the time when it was released. I would agree with that. It's still kind of, oh, yeah. it's still pretty darn innovative all these mm -hmm. years later. Even the further iterations, like our base creation system, were still very innovative. So we looked at another area of innovation with the Mission Architect system, and now the Leveling Pact. These are things that had been begging to be done in the MMO space for so long. Again, while sidekicking and exemplaring accommodate a number of player types, we feel that the leveling pact now accommodates another type of player. These things not only benefit City of Heroes, they push the genre forward. And Posse says, it's definitely one of those features that came to us based on a lot of feedback we had from our players, and especially our friends who are playing the game. They came to us and said, you know, I like playing the game and I like the sidekicking system, but I'm to the point where my friends are so far out leveling me that they don't want to exemplar down and do my stuff because they've already done it before. Is there any way we can stay more in sync? So we had this idea for leveling pact, essentially splitting each character's XP gain directly in half and just distributing it across two characters, whether they're offline or online. And I've got more detail on that in a minute, too. Mm -hmm. And we said, you know what? There's a system here. This is a workable system. This is really innovative, and this is taking a new step in sidekicking, making sure that you and your friend are always able to play the game together and will always be the same level. And Massively asks, so basically the main character's XP gain is halved, and the other part is given to the buddy. Pazzi says, yeah, basically both characters, when they earn XP, they go through all the calculations for earning XP, how much they're supposed to get based on their team size, when they're defeated, every calculation possible in the game. And at the very end, it's divided in two and each person in the pact gets their share. And Massively asks, so the obvious question there, and Brian, this might be more to you, is from a business standpoint, this seems like it might be a dangerous ground to walk on for power leveling services because there's some obvious ways that this could be taken advantage of by those kinds of guys. Is that a concern for the company? Brian says, sure. I mean, it's absolutely a concern. It's a concern that we deal with today without the system. Really, what we're trying to do is build opportunities for our players to play the games in the way they want to. We'll continue to enforce our policies and do everything we can to mitigate power leveling services and things like that. But more importantly, this is a feature that our customers have been asking for, and it's a feature that we want to provide them with. Arguably, you could say we're making it easier for some of these power leveling services, but at the same time, we're probably improving the grouping experience for a substantial amount of customers. And Posi says, there's actually less incentive now to use a power leveling service because now instead of paying someone to power level my guy, 
I can actually have my friend play and I'm not giving up my playtime to some other service. I actually get to play whenever I want to on my character and my friend gets to play whenever he wants to on his character and we're both leveling at the same rate. For new story arcs, Massively says, so for both of you, issue 13 had already announced that you were going to do more Simarora mission arcs and now we hear there will be more Midnight Squad arcs too. Can you talk about where those are coming from as far as the overall story is concerned and what you guys are hoping to get across for players on the mission content front? Pazzi says, sure. On the overall story, we always had more story to tell in issue 12 with both the Midnight Squad and with Simarora. We just didn't have time to get it all in. When we hired on, we just hired on a couple of new mission writers. And we wanted to make sure that their training didn't go to waste. We wanted to make sure that they understood the systems they were going to be dealing with. And so we had a bunch of these leftover stories from I-12 and said, okay, let's get these in. Let's train you and at the same time get content in the game. It's a win for us in training and it's a win for the players in that they get some content. So that's basically what we did and the story arcs are really fun. They give you more of the background of Simarora and more of the characters of the area and more of the characters in the Midnight Squad more of the background on who they are. So it's a lot of cool stuff for the people who are really into storylines. And then discussing the alternate builds. Massively asks, or says, there's a ton of new features that you guys are putting in here to go along with the leveling pact and to make up for architect being moved over a little bit. Can you talk about multi-builds? Is there going to be a minimum level after which the feature is going to become available? Pazzi says, yeah, I believe it's level 10. We're going to be experimenting with it in closed beta and seeing where is a good point to introduce this concept because it is a fairly complex concept and we don't want the new players to have to deal with it right away at level 1. It's around 10 or 15 when you pretty much know how your character's playing and an alternate build would probably be of actual benefit to you. Basically, what it is, you get to create a new character the same level and archetype and power sets as your other character, and you can switch between them. You get a respec that doesn't actually change your main set of powers, but you level up that character, you pick the where the slots go, you pick what powers you want, you slot with those enhancements, and that's your alternate build. So basically you create the character, and he has the archetype, and he has the power selections that he has when you make the character, but then you can switch what powers you have selected over the course of your career at a specific NPC, right? Pazzi says, yep. And then for base changes, Massively mm. says, you mentioned that base items will be seeing a change. We're wondering if any of that is going to come through with issue 13. There were rumors that issue 13 would be seeing a lot of base changes, and we're wondering if any of those are going to make it through with this change to issue 14. Matt says, one of the first things coming for base changes is going to be in issue 13. And that is a repricing for a lot of things that supergroups can purchase for their bases. We're lowering a lot of the prestige costs on not only rooms and base plot sizes, but for items as well to make them more affordable. We have a lot of data mining now. We know exactly what plot sizes and rooms supergroups can afford. And so we're going through and making sure that more supergroups can afford those cooler rooms and those cooler base items and things like that. Yay! Yay. <laughs> and in addition, one of the things we're doing is we're getting rid of the base salvage out of the game. Because a lot of the players were getting confused with the invention salvage since they both get the same kind of message. Yeah. 
Players get excited when they get invention salvage, and then they get disappointed when they find out it was only base salvage. <laughs> Especially if they don't have a supergroup, or their supergroup doesn't really need the salvage anymore. So what we're going to do is we're going to get rid of base salvage, and just make everything that's currently craftable in the bases from salvage craftable through that invention salvage as well. And Massively asks, so is that going to make turrets and other raid items for bases easier to get? And Matt says, oh yeah. Absolutely. Huh. Yay. Not that we raid, but yay for people that raid. <laughs> or that will raid. <laughs> and then the ongoing story. So there are some really great ongoing story arcs in the game, including the Ricti War and the Coming Storm. And there hasn't been a ton of information previously about whether there's going to be anything like that in I-13. So is there going to be a strong story component in I-13, or is that getting moved off to issue 14 along with Mission Architect? Matt says the really big storyline stuff is coming in issue 15. Mm. He's really stringing us along, isn't he? (laughs) (laughs) Any hints at all about what that would be touching on? And Matt says it's hopefully going to tie up a lot of loose ends that we've had hanging out there for a while now, while at the same time creating a lot more. Brian said, like any good superhero story. And Posse says, like any good superhero story or an episode of Lost. (laughs) (laughs) So one last question for Brian. We know there was a marketing survey that went out to players not too long ago, and there were a number of different questions. But one that we think players really attached to was the idea of players being able to switch sides. Mm-hmm. We wanted to know if this is something that's been taken up and noticed by the folks at NC NorCal, and whether or not you think that's something from your perspective that you guys might be able to address sometime down the line. And Brian says, we're going to be doing more and more in-depth focus groups and research and things like that going forward. So eventually I think this is going to become more noise for the community than it is groundbreaking news. But what I can say is that having players go from hero to villain and villain to hero would nicely tie together what we've already done to date with City of Heroes and City of Villains. We certainly like the concept of the idea, but we're just not ready to talk about the details yet. And again, string us along (laughs) like the little crack monkeys that we are. (laughs) But Hmm. that pretty definitively says it's going to happen. That they are interested in making it happen, at Mm -hmm. least. That they're looking at it. I like when they look at stuff. Stuff usually gets changed. (laughs) Although not always for better (laughs) in the opinions of some, but yeah. Yeah. This is an update from GSG, the Geek Survival Guide. Today's tip. The wise geek will follow his own advice. For example, if you find yourself on a tropical island inhabited by, oh, say, previously extinct genetically engineered velociraptors, as an example, you may find it necessary to warn others not to go into, say, long grass, where the raptors would be able to hunt them with ease. However, the wise geek will deliver his warning without running himself directly into the long grass. For more geek survival tips and advice, visit the Geek Survival Guide at gsguide.blogspot.com or search for us via iTunes. We now return you to your regularly scheduled program, Already in Progress.
another interview that was done, and I believe it was with MMORPG.com. The question is, are you concerned that offering players multiple builds of the same character will break the immersive feeling of the game? Absolutely not. In comic books, characters have different powers all the time from one writer to the next. Off the top of my head, I can think of several characters who have had powers in one issue that they seemingly forgot about a couple years later when it could have saved their bacon. Tech and Magic Origin characters always have the easiest time explaining different loadouts or spell preparations. With two separate builds, will you have to outfit both builds separately with enhancements? Won't this end up increasing your costs? Yes and yes. Mm -hmm. This feature has been heavily requested by our player base, and we're excited to be the first MMO to make this feature available. That said, if you are worried about your influence being drained by this, the system, like many others we have added, is completely optional. If you never found yourself asking for a different situational build, then you don't need to worry about this feature at all. Although that, yeah, I guess that is different. I was going to say that in Lord of the Rings Online, you can have different outfits, mm, but that's mm -hmm. just your outfits. You can have one that's right, for, right. you know, looking cool and one that's for armor, but this is actually your powers, so never mind. Other games like in Guild Wars, mm -hmm. there's actually the whole oh, right. system yeah. is not based on class build that kind of thing right you have templates that you can save your templates mm -hmm. and call them up whenever you want when you head out to a quest or a mission mm -hmm. so you're effectively tweaking your build each time you go out mm, that's right that's similar yeah and then on the subject of respects they will function as they always have you just choose which build you're applying it to it's kind of interesting I think it might have been last episode when we were talking about it seems like there's more influence in the game mm -hmm. and yeah. so yeah 80 they're, million they're for one enhancement yeah finding ways to suck it out yeah <laughs> yeah all that extra influence yeah guess what you got double yeah when enhancements are enhancements regularly now. going for 50 to 80 million there's too much influence in the game <laughs> then there's another article also from massively a new era for PvP in City of Heroes. And I thought our PvPers might be interested. If there's any new information here, I'll try and dig it out. Talking about the multi-build feature sounds incredible for PvP, and it sounds like you're going to be doing some PvP rebalancing, which I know can get into fiddly details, but can you talk generally about what sort of rebalancing you guys are doing for PvP combat? Matt says, we're basically trying to balance it out and make it a lot more fun, not make it so one-sided where certain archetypes and certain power sets completely dominate the PvP game. This was impossible previously because we didn't really treat PvP and PvE all that differently. I mean, the system knows what your target is. It knows whether the target is a player or an enemy, so it could adjust its effect based on that. But also there were certain powers that you didn't use on any enemy. You use them on yourself or use them on the ground and those powers that we really couldn't adjust in PvP without breaking them for PvE. We're changing that now. We are making it so that when you are in a PvP zone, your powers will work differently for certain powers. Mm -hmm. They may not behave exactly as they behave in PvE, but hopefully they're going to bring a much more balanced and engaging PvP gameplay to our game. So just to double check, powers after this change will be triggered differently. Their effect will be different based on whether you're in a PvP zone or not, right? 
Pazzi says, right, it's not every power, it's just some of the more problem powers. Mm-hmm. And then a question to Brian, as a studio, are you folks looking to speak to the PvP players in a different way than you have previously? Brian says, again, PvP is an area that we internally know that we want to improve and we want to further within City of Heroes. We have bigger and larger initiatives down the road for PvP, and this is our first step in the right direction to make PvP fun and viable again in COH. So I wouldn't say that our philosophy has changed, but with the additional bandwidth and growing the studio in the last months, we're able to tackle a few more things. Whereas before, we were having to be very careful about where we innovated, where we evolved our systems, and PvP has always been on the list of things we wanted to tackle. Now we certainly have the resources to do something about it. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. It's going to be based on what zone you're in, or yeah. whether it's a PvP or PvE right, zone, right. more specifically. Leveling pact, I think, is interesting and raises some issues, which you know we're not going to have answers to for a little bit. Right. But immediately, a couple things that I thought of, and my predictions. Mm, you know, I'll risky. Look back and see. I think I've been pretty wildly inaccurate. But anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for your honesty. <laughs> I would have to check too, but yeah, it was nice yeah. of you. So a couple things that immediately popped to mind. Okay, so your buddy's playing and you're not, and mm-hmm. you're still leveling up. Mm-hmm. If your buddy's getting badges, I'm guessing you're probably not going to get them because you weren't there even though you're getting the XP. That's what I was wondering too. I'm like wondering. Spelunker, something yeah. that's crucial for getting Atlas Medallion. I would think you wouldn't get badges. I would think it would just be pure XP. I'm, yeah. I'm also guessing you're not going to be clearing contacts or missions. Or getting drops. Or getting any kind of drops. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if you're getting any influence or prestige. I don't know. Or if it's just the XP. Mm-hmm. And I, you know what? Are you I getting think... debt? I'm guessing you're gonna get debt. I mean, if otherwise you're gonna level past your friend. Yeah. Because he'll be working off debt, and you won't. So could you imagine if you haven't been online for a couple <laughs> weeks, you log in, and you've got after a three hundred thousand debt after a statesman task force that didn't go well. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Why don't make your buddy mad? Because <laughs> I just thought, you know, it could be upsetting if you got a friend who never logs in. Yeah. And, and you're just trailing them. And you're dragging them along. Right. But mm-hmm. you're dragging them along and you're only gaining half the XP. Mm-hmm. So that would be a drag. Mm-hmm. But then on the other hand, yeah, if you log in and you got a ton, so it's going to be interesting. There's definitely going to be some drama and some breakups, I think. Some- <laughs> leveling pack breakups we're gonna have our own little divorce court i think but i think for most situations like our situation Mm -hmm. that would have been awesome to have had it two and a half years ago because i've played by myself while you're stuck in commute and we could have had more Mm -hmm. duos than we have now that are the same level yeah and i think it's also really cool because you do yes you can sidekick absolutely but then you hit the wall with uh minimum level requirement zones yeah you know what I mean? Sure. And that really bites. But also when there's a really big difference, even if you're going to Peregrine where mm-hmm. you can go as a level one. Yeah. You know, a level 10 tank mm-hmm. on a level 45 mission is, uh, is yeah. pretty worthless. Because you honestly. don't have any powers. You don't have any slots. You don't have any. Yeah. You're not pulling your weight as a tank. Right. <laughs> I would agree. Um. 
So there's definitely still inadequacies mm -hmm. in it that this would address. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty cool. Multi builds seem pretty cool. I can immediately see they even mentioned in the article, you know, solo versus team build, which could be very helpful. Um, PVP versus PVE build, especially if you wait and see, you know, these changes that are going to be made for mm -hmm. the power balancing. Mm -hmm. But for defenders, you know, you could have your more healer mm -hmm. centric build. Mm -hmm. And then when you're on a group. Yeah. And then you're. Well, both of them could be group because you could have your crazy debuffing build mm -hmm. and then your super healing build. And that way, if there's other defenders on the team, each of you can balance who's going to do what role. Mm -hmm. And you can really be maxed out where maybe both of you would have been spec middle of the road mm -hmm. for each. Well, not middle of the road, but, you know, balanced. Yeah. Don't want to make it sound <laughs> bad. Oh, that's negative. <laughs> but just honey. a balanced build. So each of you could do an extreme build that's on either side of the spectrum. Yeah. And overall, as a team, you're going to be that much more powerful. Yeah. So I like it. Likey? I like it. Or a scrapper. One's built for being the tank of the team mm -hmm. and the other mm -hmm. one's built for high damage. Yeah. I was thinking blaster controller because mm -hmm. blasters have the secondary controller power. So mm -hmm. be more of a controller or what'll really be interesting, I think, is Keldian. Yeah. Because Oof. a lot of people do, you know, human only peace mm -hmm. bringers. Yeah. And a lot of people do like blaster only war shades so to be able to have you know a triform build and mm -hmm. then a human only build would yeah. be pretty interesting yeah totally which is why some people have multiple war shades and now there wouldn't be a reason to yeah <laughs> hmm that means we could quit playing sooner <gasps> scratch that <laughs> take out multi-builds we also had another article super boosters and beyond in city of heroes also with massively Mm. More question and answers with Brian Clayton and Matt Positron Miller. Basically talking about the success and why they do it and the benefits that the game gets, which we've mm. already talked about in previous yeah. episode. Yes, it was the cyborg pack was well received. And then Matt talks about the future of these sorts of packs. I know there's some controversy. What? Mm -hmm. I know there's some controversy on the forums, the official forums, where people feel like they shouldn't have to pay extra for this mm, it shouldn't mm -hmm. be like um if you have the money you can have it kind of thing everybody should have oh, it gotcha. which okay i understand but he says we're hoping that the cyborg pack was going to be as well received as it was and actually it was received beyond our expectations in doing so we've kind of branded those packs now with the super booster brand the cyborg pack was super booster number one and of course we have plans for two three and four and so on as we go down the line so players can expect more packs along those lines some really cool specifically tailored content that may not apply to every character out there but we're hoping that everyone finds something appealing in at least one of these packs to make them want to go out and improve their character <laughs> Give them a kind of unique look or get that unique power that just dots the I's and crosses the T's on exactly what their character was supposed to be like. Caleb, monk robes. Sexy J. Ooh, and Indian princess. I still want my Indian princess. Cowboy I Indian never... pack. <laughs> oh, that's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
I don't think they're going to do a standalone Indian princess back. Well, but she... Why? <laughs> Sexy Jay. Please. No, I was just or thinking... Or the princesses pack, and then you could have the Indian oh. princess pack, and then the fairy princess pack. Or not pack, but... Baby. So, yeah. Put it into the princesses pack. Oh. Want. <laughs> Want. I'm... Yeah. Okay. My mind's going <laughs> ricocheting around. I was thinking of like the Disney princesses, mm-hmm. but then I That's thought of it. Jasmine riding mm-hmm. on the magic carpet. Mm-hmm. She could have, instead of like the skateboard, she could have like a flying carpet. Mm-hmm. Okay. Stop. All right. Now moving on. Sorry. I went girly guys. <laughs> and so, and girls, aren't you glad I did? <laughs> no, when you said cowboys and Indians, it made me think heroes and villains. And of course uh, the Indians are always cast as villains. Right. That's why I got peeved. Uh, but if you didn't mean it as no. a good guys, bad guys, cowboys are the good guys and Indians are the bad guys, then I forgive you. You're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> I forgive you. Dodged a bullet there. And Massively says, so are they going to be more general like this when they are themed to a character ideal? Or are you guys going to be looking to do additional event-based ones like you did with the wedding pack? Mm-hmm. Will we be seeing holiday packs? Pazzi says the first few packs are going to be themed along the lines of the cyborg pack. The holiday things, they work at one specific time of year. And then the rest of the year, they just sit around and look silly on the store. So if we have a holiday theme pack, it'll probably just be a whole bunch of holidays in one. So then we've got a thread. Issue 13, so big it can't be contained in one update. So we are planning issue 14 architect to be released winter of 2009. Mm. And someone mm. says, does that mean December of 09 or January, February of 09? <laughs> Oi. And the response is from Positron, the early part of 2009. We'd be crazy to try to publish something after December 21st, which I agree. And someone, uh, a player asks, any news on more power set proliferation beyond the two new sets? Castle says, none in 13 or 14 with the split. And someone said, no offense, I'm disappointed big time. The architect had me hyped and I see no spotlight content on I-13 other than that. There is a bit more content on existing zones as far as it has been noted, but that's it. And Castle says... Unfortunately, a huge amount of the work which is delaying the mission architect is powers related. The same group which would have to do proliferation. We need to clone all three of us to do this. <laughs> and I think it's interesting because earlier in the year, and okay, recently, people on the boards were complaining, well, you don't have to do one big release. You could do two small releases. You could, <laughs> don't make us wait so long. Give us new content. Yeah as it's ready so that we can enjoy it instead of waiting for two or three. Mm-hmm. And so that's what they're doing. Right. Instead of delaying it, they're releasing it sooner and you know, they can complaints. never please. If yeah. anybody. Yeah. And then on the thread titled level pacts, how insane is this idea? Posib says, here's the gist of how this works. When players enter the leveling pact, level five and below okay there's that clarification Mm. so level five and below because we thought maybe you had to bond at level one right right their experience is all flattened to whoever was the lowest 
any incoming experience to any member is effectively split by the member count of the pact. Mm-hmm. which we are limiting to two initially. <laughs> it's like, what, what? I know, what? I huh? can see the light bulb go. <laughs> Could you imagine the four of us, our regular two players? Yeah. And actually the fifth one too, because he's playing even more regularly than we are. We're, yeah, we're irregular. <laughs> we're yeah. the least regular of our group. I haven't played since... I don't want to talk last about Friday it. for depressing. a couple hours. Yeah. Whew. From that point forward, all members will have the exact same experience and always be the exact same level. If player A logs out and lets player B do all the work, it will take player B twice as long. The reason I wanted this is because I've started other games with a group of friends, only to have our tight-knit party fall apart because of differing levels of commitment. I imagine I'm not the only person to create an alt for every combination of friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hopefully the two-person pact won't have any serious problems, and we will be able to expand it to a full team size. Wow. Can you imagine being the person that plays the most on an eight-person level packed (laughs) team? You're getting an eighth of the XP. There's not even... I mean, nobody would log in unless everybody logged in and be like, oh, I'm going to get 10 XP. Woo! Yeah, so for a full eight-packed and then... You're going to be off playing your solo yeah. alt yeah. anyways. Yeah. I can't, at least for me, mm-hmm. I don't see a point in playing for an eighth of the XP. Yeah. I, it's awesome for when you are teamed and you've got somebody that's going to go just run off into a mission and here but and there. if four of you can show up, mm-hmm. then, then you're still good. only at half. Yep. So that's not bad. Yep. And a double XP weekend, you're full XP. I still can't see going beyond <laughs> our regular our five, mm-hmm. our standard five, because yeah. pe- other people definitely come and go. Mm-hmm. And we've got um, people that are new players and you just don't know what their level of commitment is. Yeah. And how do you ensure that they're removing themselves from the pact or that you're just leveling them for the six or eight months that they take off from the game if they ever come back? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. We would need, like, legal agreements and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Or can you kick someone from the pact if they're inactive? Mm. How does that... Like like you were saying, how do you break up? Hmm. And then another in the I-13 so big it can't be contained in one update thread. We can't see as George Costanza now. (laughs) We had a pact! (laughs) (laughs) We shook on it! (laughs) (laughs) OMG. We're watching too much Seinfeld at that time. That's our lullaby right now. It used to be, what was it? It used to be South Park, and then it was Family Guy, and now it's Seinfeld. (laughs) That's what we fall asleep to. Is that too much of an inside peek? <laughs> Very tired. It's probably midnight, isn't it? Is it rather late. Well, okay. This announcement is cool, but we still don't really know much about powers and responsibility. Lots of the new systems, but we don't get much info. How about letting Castle spill the beans on a lot of the balancing stuff? Marketing can't sell much hype on numbers and such. So the reply is, I've written up a nice post explaining the PvE stuff, which is mostly the same sort of things we've been doing power-wise for the last 18 months or so, which ought to be put up around beta time. I'm in the process of writing a similar doc for the PvP changes, but that is not complete yet, and will likely go up after the beta has begun. 
I say likely because I've left the timing of those to Ross and Lighthouse. I'm not entirely certain when they are set to go up. On September 25th, we have a thread titled Level Packs. How insane is this idea? <sighs> the question is, what about player debt? And Posib says, debt is still tracked on a per player basis. The player with debt will just earn less for the pact until their debt is paid off. Do they really? Really? So if we're in a pact, I'm interpreting this to be that if you mm -hmm. and I are in a pact and I'm playing and you're not, mm -hmm. then I will earn debt, but you won't. I'll just earn less for the pact because I'm paying off debt. Oh, but and we're both going to earn the lower... Lower XP. Okay. Because whatever I earn gets split between the two Okay, of us. I thought it meant you would level individually no. at a lower rate, which didn't make sense. Right, because okay. the whole thing sense. is that whatever XP is earned gets yeah. divided in two. It does the magic and then right. divides. Okay. So instead of earning 20 XP when yeah. you have debt, you earn 10 XP, so splitting that. Gotcha. Another question from that same thread, do they have to be on a team together if they are both logged on? And the answer is no. Mm -hmm. Another question. If they're both trucking away, but on different teams, does the split still happen? Yes. Which I thought was kind mm -hmm. of clear. Another question. Do all sources of XP get split in this manner? Entity death, mission completion, art completion, glowy clicking, etc. And the answer is yes. Next question. If A is his... <laughs> Next question. If A is exempt on one team and B is not on another, does A get XP regardless? A will not earn XP towards the pact, but will still get his share from B. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. And then also Posib says you can break out of a pact at any time. Of course, the pact will be permanently broken if you've passed level five because mm -hmm. you have to be under level five to enter into a pact. Right. And also, I'm not going to read the exact announcement, but we have a change coming for the Cyborg Booster Pack. Bum, bum, bum. It's in development now, but currently if you have the Cyborg Pack and you want to use the Cyborg Aura, mm -hmm. you have to be level 30 and you have to have unlocked the mission Aura. Okay. I'm sorry, I said that wrong. You have to unlock the aura from the aura mission. Okay. So it's not just ding 30, you get your aura. Sure. You still have to unlock it like regular auras. Okay. So what they're working on now is that you're able to unlock the cyborg aura at level one. You just automatically uh -huh. have it. So you don't have to wait till 30 and then running the mission. Because I paid for it not once my aura. That's right. No wait. Damn, <laughs> yeah, people. Yeah, all right. And that's all the hotness. I did want to close with one more post. It's not news, mm -hmm. exactly, but it is a post that was put on the City of Heroes official forums mm -hmm. that really speak, speak did, spoke did, spoke. that really spoke to me. I'm so tired. <laughs> I do better just reading at this point than thinking. <laughs> it's a happy birthday wish to Rose Vortex, Organ Donors Wanted. Mm-hmm. Howdy, Liberty folks, Libertines. Mm. I wanted to wish happy birthday to Rose Vortex, my wife, and make a request. Turns down the humor circuit to level one. Mm. She's 34 today. 
I know you aren't supposed to share a woman's age, but it's a big deal for her. She's actually in the hospital, Club Med, this mm. week getting an antibiotic, quote, tune-up. It looks like she'll be there right through her birthday. I'm posting this a few days early. In fact, it looks like her meds might be doing something odd to her hair color. And he linked, remember I told you to look at this picture and mm -hmm. you'll know why later. It was this beautiful young woman with this fun and wild purple, I'm going to assume wig. <laughs> this crazy purple wig. Mm -hmm. For those who missed my last long and drawn out post for my birthday in April, my wife has a genetic disorder called cystic fibrosis, CF mm. for short. Don't know what it is. And then he posts a link to Wikipedia. And I'm going to link to this in the show notes. Mm-hmm. And it has the details at the Wikipedia link. In short, your body can't break down the mucus it produces. As a result, CF patients develop a persistent and very nasty lung infection and have digestive and other issues. Once upon a time, this was a childhood disease, and most patients didn't survive out of their teens. Wow. As the years have gone by, the median life expectancy for CF patients has risen almost every year. I believe it's up to 36 now. Mm. Rose Vortex has been chasing that revised life expectancy number for a while now. Along the way, she got married to this weird guy, mm. had two kids, graduated college, and taught high school English for a few years. Along the way, through the last 14 years, got sort of geeky game girly, which still makes me wonder if that means I've been a good influence or a bad influence. <laughs> She started playing City of Heroes with me in January 2006, and we are pretty much only on Liberty's server, where we hang out on the Sisterhood Friends Global Channel, which has a bunch of folks from all over the place. Rose has three level 50 tunes, which make me look like a slacker since I only have the one. I think I might have alditis, which we can relate to. She's even managed to get the Master of Statesman Task Force badge on her empath, which seemed like an impossible task with Yank Shilala, the suicidal scrapper, along. <laughs> Thanks for the stress, Yank. And then a smiley. Master of Statesman. That means no deaths. Yeah. Ah. We play mostly blue side, but both of us have a late 30s baddie tune as well. She cheats and plays while I'm at work. <laughs> <laughs> Rose V has been on the lung transplant list for about a year and a half. As of the last few days, we are now up to number two on the list at our transplant center. She has to have a double lung transplant because otherwise a sick lung would infect the clean one. Otherwise, I'd give her a lung in a heartbeat. Over the last two years, we have sold our house and moved in with her mom until after the transplant comes, quote, someday. At this point, she's on oxygen 24-7, so we don't get out much. She's one of the toughest people I've ever met. She walked around with an undiagnosed pneumothorax, which is a collapsed lung, for a week last year, saying she was, quote, uncomfortable. Mm. Can you imagine? Mm -mm. The living definition of the willpower power set, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Along the way, we've kept our sense of humor. Well, it's gotten a bit on the dark side, but we are still laughing. Mm. Of course, if I make her laugh too hard, I might bop another lung. It's a delicate balancing act. Mm. My birthday wish for Rose is not something I can buy. The lung store doesn't seem to have a branch in our area. 
The transplant lungs will come from someone we don't even know. I don't know that we will get a chance to say thank you to anyone. My birthday request slash wish for Rose Vortex for all of you is this. If you don't have any religious or moral objections, and I understand if you do, please go out and register as an organ donor. And then gives a link. If you are in the U.S., go to this link and find out how to register in your state. Every state does it differently. According to, and it gives the unos.org data, um, it's some sort of database on the transplant list. I didn't look at it. There are 99,000 people on waiting lists in the U.S. right now. If you're outside the U.S., it looks like every country has their own way of handling registration, and you'll have to Google it. If you choose to register, make sure you discuss it with your family and they understand your wishes, because if the time comes, you won't be around to tell them. If you are already registered, thank you for your birthday present to Rose and to everyone else on the waiting lists. I will probably never get to say thank you to whoever helps give Rose more life. So I will have to make it a general thank you to everyone who is registered as a donor. It really will make a difference for somebody. Humor circuit back to normal. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want any of you red side folks to get the idea of running down to the face maker and picking up a set of lungs. The doctors here seem to be pretty picky about knowing where the organs came from. <laughs> Thanks for taking the time to read my ramblings, and please wish Rose Vortex a happy birthday. Hopefully, she'll be back playing in a week or so. Mm. I love you, Rose. Mm. And then he says, thanks for reading this far. My posts tend to get kind of long. And this is from Kalkin, K-A-L-K-I-N on Liberty. And then he has a link at the bottom. Wish Rose Vortex happy birthday. Please become an organ donor. And it takes you to this post. So every time he's posted, it takes you to this one. And that just blew me away. Mm -hmm. And I'm sorry for it being a sad note, <laughs> but I second that. I, yeah. you know, we're both designated as organ donors and mm -hmm. we've talked long and hard about it. And we both know that we want whatever can be used yeah. for someone else after we're done using it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And you even have a friend and, and former co-worker that recently had a transplant through the kindness of someone else. And now he's much healthier and will live a lot longer. So yeah, a couple of years ago he had a liver transplant and he was very, very sick for a long time. Yeah. And that took years getting put on the list and off the list right. and on the list and off the list. And finally a liver became available. Mm -hmm. And before the transplant mm -hmm. we would talk about it and he was saying you know how odd it is to hope yeah. for oh a donor gosh. and hope for the transplant because somebody would have to die for him to live <sighs> and how strange he felt about that and yeah. whether he wanted to be on the list you know obviously he wanted to live but yeah because he has that a it's a serious a thing yeah. and i don't think i told you but I talked to him a couple weeks ago mm -mm. and he was contacted by the widow of the donor. And he's deciding now whether or oh not gosh. he wants to meet them, to wow. meet the family. <laughs> Interesting. 
an interesting piece of life that a lot of people don't yeah. get. Can you ever really feel like you can think of them? <laughs> yeah. Look and, them in the uh, eye. It's wow. like he wrote in there, it's very important to talk to your family. Absolutely. Because there's so many people who are donors who chose to be donors. Mm -hmm. And it's never realized because the rest of the family at the time that they pass are in shock and don't know what to deal with. And yeah. somebody will have a problem with it and they put an absolute stop to it. And apparently yeah. it's not a, you know, it's not an ironclad contract that Having you sign that up to be a donor on your driver's license. Yeah. Your, your spouse, your parents can put a stop to it. So unless you, know, you really need to make your wishes clear and you need to make it to everybody. Mm -hmm. You need to have your family there rallying for you mm -hmm. saying, no, this is what, you know, he or she wanted. Mm -hmm. So it, it, it's such a huge issue and it's so depressing to think about and to deal with. But I mean, here's a story of this amazing woman. Yeah. And if for no other reason than to make her husband happy and have her live longer <laughs> and healthier and all of that beautiful stuff, mm -hmm. you know, think about it. Click on some of these links. We're going to have the links on the show notes. Mm -hmm. I've posted in our forums about it. I've, Posted on our personal <laughs> blog, yeah. tweeted it out. You know, I don't think that enough people can see this post yeah. because it's so beautiful. And also, like you said, a lot of people have religious, moral, whatever yeah. reasons that they don't think it's right and they're not going to sign up. And that's fine. Yeah. Nobody would ever, ever hold that against you for not wanting to participate. No, I just, you know, the fact that he put that out there um, made me want to just put it in people's vision mm -hmm. to consider, you know, yeah. here in case you haven't thought about this recently, you can make a difference if you choose to. Mm -hmm. So just think about it and maybe do something about it because there were already, when I saw it and he posted this at like nine 30 this morning mm -hmm. and there were three or four pages of people saying, I am a donor now. <laughs> so he, there were actually people that were following the links and, mm -hmm. and designating themselves as organ donors as a result of his post. Wow. And that really touched me. So, you yeah. know, I just wanted to spread the word because it's one of those things that you don't always think of. Yeah, I'm going to give my, yeah, donate. <laughs> yeah. But you don't ever do the steps to make sure it happens. Yeah. And that's all I wanted to do. So happy birthday, Rose Vortex. <laughs> we send our best wishes and prayers for you. Yeah. Hope you get out of that hospital soon and you can get back to smacking bad guys around and city <laughs> heroes. <laughs> you know, just today I was listening to Slice of Sci-Fi where they do, you know, mostly movie TV news, but they also do sometimes science fiction to science fact kind of news. And one of the things that stories they were discussing, actually it was an older episode I was trying to catch up. Is that the military, U.S. military has been testing this technology that actually regrows body parts. Yeah. And they call it pixie dust. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's this powder, this some some kind of protein something. I don't even know what it is. But that so far the tests they've done with humans, um, soldiers in Iraq who lost like fingers, they grew their fingers back. 
And I was like, no way. I mean, why isn't this on I know. 60 Minutes or something? But apparently, I don't know if it was whole fingers or, you know, tips of fingers or something. And the animal trials have been really, you know, gone really well. And something, as I'm hearing this, just thinking, you know, it's just amazing, that type of technology. One of the things that they're really pushing to apply it to is organs. Right. To grow organs. But the first one that they mentioned was to grow people's pancreases for transplants for diabetes. Oh, my gosh. I mean, how many millions of people does that affect? But livers, lungs, that kind of thing. Um you know, it's crazy. The technology's marching and it sounds like an April Fool's have... prank. I hope it's true. Yeah. I hope it's real. And not some BS. Because every once in a while you get BS. Yeah. And it's heartbreaking. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's freaky. Yeah. So wacky stuff. Yeah. <laughs> happy birthday, Rose. Yeah, happy birthday. And keep us posted. Adoring husband, like I said in the <laughs> post, let us know what's going on. Because now I've got this purple-haired woman in my mind, and I need to know that she's okay. <laughs> so, that's it. <laughs> we will record and get all this huge and wonderful and fascinating listener feedback. Yes soon <laughs> there's still a couple other extra pieces yeah fun we've got that fun things thing that started waiting we just out don't have there we and you know be coming with the feedback i know you guys get tired of us apologizing for when we have to be late but believe me it is beyond our control <laughs> it is we should not be recording right now <laughs> and when i'm editing tomorrow believe me i'm gonna be up against the wall with time and yeah so we're going to get this out to you as quickly as possible please understand and we appreciate your patience and check out the post see what you think about it and wish rose vortex a happy birthday <laughs> even if you choose not to do anything else yeah. i'd love for her to go back to the forums and see ninety thousand pages of happy birthday wishes <laughs> <laughs> So thank you and, for uh, listening, everybody. Yeah. Hey, and if you want to get a hold of us, you can give us a call. You can leave a voicemail. And someday we'll play it. Someday soon. <laughs> Respond to it. Our next episode will be feedback. I don't care if Positron dances naked on the table. We're doing feedback. We'll postpone. Yeah, we don't. Nobody needs that. I don't know what he looks like. I don't know that I can say that. <laughs> he might be hot. I don't know. I still don't need to see okay, that. Okay, <laughs> but there's me and then there's our female listeners that might want to see it. Yeah. Posse so you can give us a unleashed. call. <laughs> Posse's gone wild. 206-203-1661. Yeah, we're never going to get that interview now. This is our voicemail number. <laughs> Or you can send an email to cohpodcast at gmail.com. You can leave comments on the site or join the forums at cohpodcast.com. We'll be talking to you soon. Good hunting, heroes.
This podcast, its hosts, and websites are not in any way affiliated with NCSoft, Cryptic Studios, or City of Heroes. All views expressed are solely of the hosts and their guests. This podcast is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike License, which is explained in detail at cohpodcast.com. Good hunting, heroes.